Welcome to Coaches and Conversations, where we remove the veil and talk about what it's really like to be a woman building a business online. Because here, it's not just business, it's personal. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach and Business Strategist, Tavana Denise. Let's dive in. Oh my goodness. I say this before every conversation, but I'm going to say it again because I mean it 100% genuinely that I am so freaking excited about this conversation. And I'm so excited to be talking to you, Amanda, because I love you. Like, (laughs) oh, I just do. You know, you're like one of those people who came into my life and just really have helped me in a deep way. And so... I am going to actually read your official bio because I really love the way you wrote that. And then, you know, if there's anything else you want to say, feel free to add on. So um, Amanda Renee is an international energy coach, author, teacher, and poet. And Amanda's fascination with healing started when she was 19 years old and miraculously healed an autoimmune disease. And it has led her on a 12-year journey of studying and mastering the most effective healing modalities available. With the equivalent of a PhD in energy work, Amanda now helps her clients do their impossible thing, whether that's heal a chronic illness or create exponential growth in their business with ease and leads trainings around the country teaching students how to create consistent miracles of their own. And for those of you who can't see behind her, because this is a podcast, (laughs) she has a neon light with the word miracle, which I absolutely love so much because I didn't think that I was a person into the woo I'm like, but my word right now is magic. So Amanda. Well, look at this. Magic. Oh, of course. Of course. It says magic money miracles. I didn't see oh, the whole damn it. <laughs> well, tell oh me my God. about yourself if I've missed anything. I mean, you know, I'm, we're all nuanced humans, but that's a pretty great summary. And I'm so happy to be here because I love you so much. So this feels like the most fun way I can consider spending, by the way, the day that we're recording, I'm not like a huge, like, let's make numbers mean a whole lot of things, but I do like repeating numbers and say is one eleven twenty two, And I just think that that's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It, it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and especially since your word is magic. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, this, this podcast was started out of a dream of mine to just have real raw laid back conversations. Of course, you're brilliant. I just told all the people how awesome you are, but the purpose of this conversation, we were like, I, yes, I want to go there in a conversation. And so what came to mind immediately when you said, yes, let's have a conversation. Let's go there was just your personal story, your, your, Uh, your story of coming out and how that, like all of the backstory behind that and potentially the the mental anguish and emotional anguish that you had to go through to even to be prepared to come out and all of the thoughts, because I can imagine, I can only imagine what it would be like as a business owner. And I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit more about your, your personal history. Yeah. to be in that place and say, okay, now I'm going to come out and what that might've meant for your business. Yeah. Um, I think that that's something that a lot of people like still have questions about the backstory because I, I really kept that time of my life when I was in process of figuring 
my sexual orientation out. So if anyone's wondering, it does mean like literally coming out, like coming out and announcing my sexuality to the world. Um, I really kept that like under wraps. I've lived most of my life very privately or publicly for a long time. And so even just giving myself that space, it was about a six year period where I went from having kiss a girl on my bucket list to like, just because I was like, I don't want to die having never kissed a girl. That sounds boring. I don't want to be that old lady. That's how it started. Um, well, that's how it started in my adult life. It started way sooner when I was younger, but that's a different part of the story. Um, to like, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Thanks, Katy Perry. And then like, it really, it was like so many layers and layers and layers of uncovering that it really took many stages for me to get to the point of even just knowing that I was gay. So at the point that I came out, I was married uh, to a man. We had a business about relationships. So my whole relationship was also like very, very public. And we taught about relationship dynamics and like kind of had unconsciously created this thing where we were like uh, in some ways, like a bit of an idolized couple. Mm -hmm. um, like people would literally come up to us and be like, even people that we lived with different people they'd be like I love the way that you fight like there was just a lot about our relationship that was um very public and that like people related to a lot and so for me the coming out part wasn't scary personally because it literally once I realized I was gay it actually felt like okay the sky is blue grass is green I'm gay like it didn't feel like a scary thing to say because it was just the truth and that's kind of how I've always been like once I find the truth I'm like all right we'll come hell or high water this is the truth so here we go right. um but what was scary was uh definitely that I had lived my life so publicly as far as like the relationship and the marriage I was in and like literally having a business around relationships and like well, how would people feel if I all of a sudden, and like no one had been with me on that six year journey. Um, I'll give a little bit more backstory so it makes sense, but no one had been with me. Like none of my audience had like been with me because I really only brought like my closest inner circle into that period of time and that particular process for me. So no one knew that it was an open marriage in which I was actively dating women. Like no one knew that I had considered my, myself bisexual for a year. Nobody knew like any of that. And so it literally went from like, on Friday, I was this like happily married hetero person to on Saturday, I was coming out as gay and getting a divorce. Mm. And so, yeah, it was a lot. Um, and I think especially in, in regard to your question, I actually was really nervous about specifically my business, mm -hmm. mainly because I didn't want the women who I worked with to feel less safe with me than they had before that was that was actually my biggest concern I wasn't like super concerned about losing following or like people's reactions and I actually ended up I think that I'm one of the like luckiest slash most blessed people in the world like I maybe got like two weird responses like not even hate just somebody tried to like super evangelize me and I was like man you just really wasted an hour of your life like you don't even know it was so weird um and then somebody like tried to say that it was an excuse and that like my ex-husband and I were great together and like we're just giving up and like we should work it out and I was like who are you and like why would you want that for either of us like why would you want it he 
um, was like a fan of Matt's. And I was like, why would you want that for him? For him to be married to a woman that like doesn't sexually want a man. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. So, but beyond that, I literally got like gifts for coming out. Like I was so celebrated. Yeah. Like, I think I was the most celebrated coming out person ever maybe. That's uh, freaking awesome. But we got to pause one second and go back. Yeah. <laughs> Two things that you said, like when somebody just had opinions about what you should do with your life because you're yeah. living it so publicly. And I think that that happens to a lot of us, whether it's about our sexual orientation or not. Yeah. If we think about the haters and we think whenever we're in a, a situation where we are public, we are the face of our business. It's like, I know for me, I have a fear of people talking shit about me. Like mm-hmm. that is one of the things that I am continuously trying to heal as I have my own coming out of this is who I am and this is how I want to show up in the world. And so I think you so beautifully highlighted that. And then also like the part about people trying to evangelize you into being something different. And we could go down a whole rabbit hole that way if you, if you want to, because <laughs> I mean, like, I just think, especially because in your work of talking about energy and magic, and then, you know, I knowing a little bit about how you were raised in the church. And as I was raised in the church and just how this space that we have as coaches and how Christianity or any other religion, mm-hmm. like, what happens when we decide to go into that space so yeah Uh, yeah it is fascinating I actually have a line that I've shared with many people um I'm not even I'm not available to be evangelized Uh and I've used it because I so I this is a totally different track of my story but I actually raised my family in the church like my family didn't go to church and I um essentially converted most of my family to Christianity and then like later my word for it would be I expanded beyond that and it's not a bridge that I ever burned so I do have a lot of like really beautiful Christians in my audience and I'm super grateful for that and occasionally I would get evangelized and eventually I just started telling people like hey I'm really just not available to be evangelized like love you thanks for caring about my soul and my salvation but no thank you and I did the same I actually this is one of the things that I really loved about the way that I came out was I shared very poignantly in the post that my ex and I post, we posted it together. We recorded a video and shared it and like wrote, uh, wrote about it. And I said very directly, um, I know there are are probably going to be some of you that have personal feelings about this because you feel personally connected to us and to our relationship. Please don't process them or comment on them here. Like if you want to come at your support, amazing, I'm open to that, but this really isn't the space for you to process any of your own emotions. Please do that with someone else. And it was a really big moment. It was the first time that I had that overtly set a boundary about like what, what was welcome in response to what I was sharing. Cause I think sometimes we do get into this, like we should let any, like, you know, any kind of reaction or people just whatever. And I really love at this point teaching people how they can react to what I'm sharing and how not because people do like or you could share like you're having a bad day and people are like oh no this is like don't have a bad day I'm like whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm okay like I just wanted to say that I don't need all of your support and advice right now yeah like how did you know how to do that or how to maybe we 
maybe you knew too that you do that, do that, but how did you know how to do that in just that beautiful way of setting? Because I think some people set a boundary and it becomes very like a militant kind of boundary or yeah, very like abrasive type of boundary. But the way that you said it, it, it just felt like my experience of you is like whatever is given, it just feels, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. it just felt good. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I spent a lot of time back then in like authentic relating circles and, and I had had some personal relationships at the time that were really pushing boundaries. And so I had gotten practiced at putting barriers around unsolicited feedback. And that's essentially what I was saying. It's just like, I, please don't give me your opinions. And obviously people could have violated that if they want to, but they really didn't, which I appreciated. And I think a part of that is acknowledging the other person's experience. You know, I wasn't just like, don't fucking tell me what you think about this. It was like, yeah, like it, I get that people are, that you might have feelings about this and please find someone else to process those with. So I think there was a lot of compassion mixed in and, and that's where boundaries get a little like, I think anything that we haven't accepted has the possibility to come out sharp. And even with my coming out, I think that's a piece of why it was so smooth. I will give a lot of credit also to, to my ex. He, he handled it like the best that anyone could ever be expected to handle losing their spouse that way. Like truly such a good man and like very supportive uh, despite the pain and the heartbreak that he was in. But I think the acceptance that we cultivate, at least the acceptance that I had cultivated, I think that was a, a a perk around that is I, I didn't have a lot of charge around it. You know, like I felt good about both the boundary and like myself and my choices. So it made it a lot softer coming out. Totally. And so then you have that place where it's like, okay, things are shifting. Pe the, the way people know you is shifting. You have Christians in, in your community and thankfully they didn't leave, but they were welcome to. And, but what happened to your business, which was built around relationships and like, how did you navigate yeah. that? That had been shut down for about a year and a half. So that was my concern with that was less that like the business was still active, but just that like, I built that business before really, I truly built my own business and my own brand. Like we created that together and then kind of like leapfrogged into our own things from it. And so it was more like that this is how people have known us. And we would still kind of share things occasionally and just in general, like even still, I'm like a very public person. Like I'm a Libra, I love love and I love sharing about love. And so it was just a lot more that people knew us that way. So then when it comes to your sharing, because I know some people in, in the coaching space is like, I have this persona and this is the, the business page and this is how I show up and I'm not letting you in and all of this stuff. And I just love how you just kind of show up however you choose. It's like <laughs> super deep and authentic and raw. And I love Annalise because I've had the, the pleasure and honor of being shot by her. She's a photographer. And um yeah, like I just love, love, and I love watching y'all. And it, it's okay. So then here, here's the real raw everything out on the table. I'm like, oh my god, they are so cute together. I could see me having an Annalise. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I, I still like being black like men. So it's like I have this healthy appreciation yeah, for, yeah. for what you all are and who you are and who you are wow. together and separately and all of that stuff too. So tell me more about that. Oh man. I mean, I, thank you for the affirmation on how I show up. Honestly, I mean, sometimes it's definitely, I just sent an email out um, a week ago sharing really in depth about the journey that I've been on this past year around healing my going to like layers of my own developmental trauma that I genuinely didn't know I had or I needed and like this is after 12 years like 12 years and hundreds of thousands of dollars of training and like my own healing and all these things and last year like things hit me like a ton of bricks and I still feel like nervous and super vulnerable and like I reconsidered sending it like three times because there are still moments where I'm like do people like do people actually care? Like, am I just being like, so, I don't know, like, mm, like over the top, just thinking that like anyone cares about like these other parts of my life. But I really, I feel like deeply devoted to being a full human and not just a service that like, mm -hmm. I am a human that provides a service and a human with gifts, but like at the end of the day, I'm a human. And I think that's really important. And that's a piece of why I do it so publicly is because I think a lot of us feel that way. And I personally want to create a world where we can be both, like where we don't have to be this measured performative person. And probably it also matters that like performance and, and fulfilling a role is like one of my deepest wounds that I've had to overcome. And part of the reason why I didn't know that I was gay until I was 30 years old. So I think it's also just like a continued stake in the ground for me. And I really love that. I think it's so beautiful though, that like something that's healing for me is healing for other people at the same time. And we have this like beautiful infinity loop that like it really gets to be not just for me, but for you too. And like, not just for you, but for me too. Um, and yeah, but thank you. The, so the reflections mean a lot because it, it is still, there's still moments where I'm like, I'm literally getting naked in front of everyone publicly. Wonder if this is a good idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And I think, I mean, going back to like, I think there's a, something, it feels like to me, something shifting in the, the world or in the coaching community where there's like a yearning for this tell me who you really are, show me who you really are, show me myself in you. And yeah. I think that is part of the power behind these conversations. Just like, okay, you are a normal human being, just like I am, you're super successful and you, you feel nervous. Even yeah. now you feel yeah. vulnerable. You have possibly vulnerability hangovers. Even now you have doubts about, should I pose it? Should I not? Even now, you know, and I think sometimes some of the people that see us are like, oh my gosh, you're so public. You share all the time. You must be fearless. Yeah. You must be confident. Da, da, da. Yeah. And they don't know that I, or, you know, like have to get coached multiple times on certain things. It took me six months to be able to raise my prices or whatever. It took me six years to get to hundred K like they don't hear that. And so yeah. I think so, so often when we don't share, when we're not brave enough to share, assuming we've take, done our own work and healing that people get to people live in their shame because they think they're alone and they're the only ones. I agree with that. So wholeheartedly, like that's, I think shame really only has a home in the dark and like when things aren't talked about. And so that is, I mean, since I was like, when I was 
17, I did a talk at my mega church at the time that was Church of Christ, which that's only relevant because like most of the time women aren't allowed to speak in front of men in Church of Christ denominations. Um, and I've kind of always bucked the rules. And so I gave this talk as a senior to my like 500 person youth group about um, addiction to pornography. And I, and the reason was because it was like, no one is talking about this. And I have different views on pornography now, but at the time it was like, I thought that women didn't watch pornography. I thought that women didn't masturbate, like let alone the fact that I was turned on by women's bodies, but that was just the devil perverting my sexuality. And so I was like, well, we got to talk about it. Like, and so I'll talk about it so that we can talk about it. And like, I had grown men coming up to me, like, I can't believe you talked about that. Like I could never, but thank you so much. And I just think it's the, I think it's the best gift that we could give people, especially that like, Someone came up to me after a talk one time. I feel like you'll relate to this a lot. And they were like, wow, I just love how self-assured you were. Like you just never questioned yourself. And I, I told them, I was like, how do you know that I never questioned myself? Or like, thank you so much. But like, how do you know that I didn't question myself? And she was like, well, I, I guess I don't know. I was like, I totally questioned myself. I just don't let that voice be in the driver's seat. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't make that voice mean a lot but it's still very much there. And I, I do, I think I love, that's why I love what you're doing. Cause I think it does that. It like pulls the curtain back and lets people see like, oh, everyone's human and incredible things are possible. Like they can both go together. We don't have to extricate our humanity in order to do what we want to do with our lives. Right, or we don't have to completely 100% and forevermore heal something before yes. we can create oh. magic in the world. The pressure. It's so awful because you'll never get there because it's always going to be something. It's like the layers, just like you were talking about 12 years, hundreds of thousands of dollars in training and coaching and whatever on yourself. And last mm -hmm. year, there was a whole nother uncovering and awakening. Oh, and the same yeah. thing like me, like you helped me usher into this, this healing of generate intergenerational, generational developmental trauma that that, that I experience and the work continues. It's yeah. like layers upon layers and just not letting, not letting that stop us. But go back and sidebar with me for a second, because you just said that you were in the church of Christ. And it's interesting because I was in the church of Christ for a while. Oh. When, yeah. After I got out of college and oh so my gosh, I don't know, like I might need to work on this because like some of it has escaped my memory, but if it is the same, like it worldwide, very, um, like you have a, I forget what they call it, but like a mentee mentor kind of relationship and little, like if you were a single woman, you could only be in a group with single women and single men. And it was, uh, it was very interesting. No instruments in worship. <laughs> right. It, it, it was very, very interesting. But I think at least as I look back at what I can remember of it, it was community. And that's what I craved. Yeah. And and mm -hmm. now that I'm I'm going through trauma certification, I'm like, oh, I see why that was so important to me at that time because of my fear of abandonment. So it's like, until you, like, you can see how you try to heal it or you try to solve for that. And, yes. and then you can see, or then I can see how it affects or has affected my, uh, my own visibility or my own ability to share certain things 
uh, like it's weird because I got I will share things, but I don't always go there with it. Like I will pad it with a little something or like pull back the punch, if you will, yeah. um, in certain cases, if I even have the slightest thought that people will talk shit about me. And if they do that, then they won't like me. If they don't like me, then they will leave me and then I'll be by myself. And, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and like that's not to say because I do think it's important as you know, like, I don't regret at all not talking about this for the six years that I was going through it. So there's still, there's, and like, you know, I went through all of last year, like, I mean, you know more of it because we were like in a journey together, but you know, I went through a lot of last night, last year, like crumbled on the couch in grief, unwinding the trauma of, you know, people ask me a lot, like, how was it coming out? Was it hard? And like, since this is part of what we're talking about, honestly, the coming out wasn't hard. What was hard was afterwards and, and grappling with all the reasons why I didn't know that I was gay until I was 30. Like that was the hard part. And I think that's a piece that gets missed a lot with a lot of things like around awareness specifically is like the awareness is great and amazing. And everyone's like, yeah, you're out and you're free. And that's amazing. And like, you had to face so many fears to come out. But for me, a lot of what I had to face came afterwards. Like just how because I thought that I had healed so much of my I'm an Enneagram three I'm a firstborn child I'm like right I'm the perfect candidate to learn how to mask and perform and like really do my roles well um and so yeah that unraveling has I think been that unraveling was the scarier part for my business like I was nervous. I didn't want my clients to feel unsafe with me, my female clients to feel unsafe with me once they found out I was sexually attracted to women because there's kind of this, one, because it's such a common experience for women to feel unsafe around people's attraction. And wow. it's actually like a really common thing that I hear from a lot of women, especially who come out later, is this like fear of appearing predatorial because we're so used to the predatorial experience of men. And it's not to say that there aren't women who aren't predatorial or that all men are predatorial, but there's like, that's a really common thread. I was like, oh man, I, 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 that was just like my deepest concern. It's like, I hope that they still feel safe with me. Mm -hmm. And it literally was like, never, it never came up one single time. Like I, I, if anything, my relationships with my clients have only deepened because I'm such a more authentic and human version of myself now. Um, but it got scarier for me afterwards because I had been outsourcing so much of my fulfillment to my purpose because I didn't know that there was a level of fulfillment missing in my relationship and my marriage at the time. I just thought it was normal to like not want to eat dinner with my spouse and not want to like, I, I wanted to travel alone all the time. And I wanted to like, there was so much independence that I wanted in that relationship. And I just thought it's because I was a super independent person. And once I came out and started experiencing like true, I just, I literally didn't know what actual sexual attraction felt like until after that. So I didn't know that it was missing. Like it, it took me until after to look back and be like, you know what? I've never one single time seen a man and thought I would like to have sex with him. Like not a time in my whole life none of the times I was having sex with men, was it like really a like impulse of my own, you know, it was just like, okay, and this is happening and this is how it's supposed to go. And so experiencing that 
first of all, was like having to go through teenagehood again when you're 30. Not fun, kind of embarrassing, but like really good for self-compassion and self-acceptance. And also I was like, had this fulfillment that I didn't have before. So suddenly I cared about my business and my purpose a lot less. Mm. And that was scary. So for like two years, for the past two years, I would say, I really have like all but backburnered my business. So I kept it going and I would like serve my clients and I'm so grateful for the word of mouth that I have and like the foundation I had created before then because my business has really grown almost every year. Um, But it wasn't until this last fall that I've really had any kind of inspiration or drive again. And I think a lot of that was decompression from like the disorientation of holy shit, how did I not know something this big about myself for 30 years when my literal profession is helping people know themselves? Mm -hmm. and kind of like recovery and figuring out like okay so like what does motivation look for me look like for me now that it's not replacing my relationship and that was scary I was like am I gonna still be successful like that's really that's been a big question for me for a while afterwards and it's kind of just now solidifying of like okay yeah like here's here is my more authentic version of motivation I think that's a really interesting point that you make around one, your, your business being fulfillment and it was like a cover for something else. And then once that covers removed this, I just don't feel motivated to do this thing that I have thrown so much energy and effort into for so long. And it's really, I don't know about you, but I had a very similar experience from a different way. It's jarring. It's disorienting. It's depressing. It's all of the things. And it's, it's, so my, my experience was that was like when I hit that six figure launch and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't feel anymore. I have word language for it now, but I, I didn't at the time. I was like, I just feel like shit. I don't, I feel depressed. I feel paranoid. I feel like I, I didn't feel worthy. Yeah. And I, I did not realize that all that time I was working on my business was so that when I got there <laughs> to the big payoff that I would feel successful, worthy, proud, and all of that stuff. And, and it is, if, if, nobody else has ever experienced it before. It is one of the weirdest sensations to not be motivated in something that you literally have worked years and thought that you loved before. So what was it? And like identified as, I totally, Mm -hmm. it's so weird. And it it was so disorienting. And I think it is a really similar experience from what you've described and what I experienced. Cause I was like, you know, that was like who I was for so long was like, I had a business partnership breakup because she was like, I don't know who you are anymore. Like you don't care about this business. And I was like, I mean, I do. I'm just not the person who's willing to invest their entire life in it anymore. Like I also want to fly to San Francisco and see my girlfriend and I'm not going to stop doing that. Um, which is another, oh my God, that whole story. Uh, but it was really like, it was really scary. It was super scary to not feel motivated. Cause it's like, is it ever going to come back? And like, who am I without being this? Like my, my identity was so wrapped up in my purpose for so long, yeah. even though I didn't think it was like, I talked actively about not having your value and identity attached to your purpose and like your business and your performance. And, and it was, so it was also shocking to find out just how much of it was for me and how much I didn't really know who I was or like if I could be both 
and which is I'm you know that's something that Annalise has in spades is like I don't know she's just so okay with being human and and being with someone like that who also was like I mean she thinks I'm really awesome and like is my biggest fan but also would love me just as much and think I was just as amazing if I like was a part of the sanitation crew of New York City. And and like to know that, like that sounds so beautiful, but it was actually so affronting to experience. It was like, do you not have standard, like as a person who applied their value to their achievement in the world and like what I was capable of doing was like, do you not have standards for me? Like, do you just like, so you just have no standards? Like it, it was so like, it was just, it was a mind fuck and a half. Was, uh, okay, so I have a question that's kind of a sidebar, but it's related. Okay. So both of us, you and I are firstborns. Mm-hmm. Is Annalise, where is she in the lineup? She's interesting. She's middleborn, but she functions like a firstborn. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just, I was just curious about that. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm very much like that. It's like, okay, I'm starting to understand and it's still a process. Like I am not my business. It's okay yeah. to slow <laughs> down. It's uh, all of these things. And still when I, <laughs> you know, I've, I've started to date here in Mexico. And so when I meet a guy, I'm like, okay, so uh, like, are you going to stay here or what? Like, so I'm, I'm still navigating and unwinding some of that. So it's funny to hear you say like do you not have standards for me or do you not have standards for yourself (laughs) yeah it was I yeah unconditional love I really like put me face to face with how much I had not either experienced or allowed myself to experience unconditional love because it felt really disruptive you know, we say like, I just want to be unconditionally loved. Like really, because it, what it puts you up face to face with is like all the pieces of you that don't feel comfortable with that. It was like, well, if I'm just okay, no matter what I do, like what's going to motivate me to do something. Exactly. Like, well, so I'm just going to be on the hammock all day drinking margaritas. And I got to say, even though I do go to the hammock six out of seven days. It's <laughs> for you. <laughs> I knew I figured you would appreciate that Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm there all day it's just like this is a little thing and you know after a while I think at least this has been my experience I'd be curious to hear yours when you allow yourself to just be and you allow yourself to do that then it's like oh okay now I'm ready to to go do the other part of Mm -hmm. humaning it took me longer to get ready than I wished that it would have. And, you know, obviously again, like saying my background in my business might look different to other people. Cause I was still working and I was still supporting clients and I just wasn't, I had no vision and I had no inspiration past like the person I was supporting in front of me. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to build. I don't know what I want to grow. I don't know what I want to do. And before then it was like, I had always had like, that was very much a part of my identity is like, I have a dream and then I create the dream. And like, that's how things go. And like, I was, I was processing after moving to New York, I was like, life is so wild. Cause now I'm like living in New York city, a city I never saw myself living in with a girlfriend that I love, which is something that I did never see for myself. And it, it was cool to be like, huh, I guess this is what happens when like, I let life get bigger than what I can imagine for myself. And it was, I mean, it was uncomfortable at the very least mm-hmm. to 
have my inspiration and my vision be gone for so long when it was such a big part of who I was for a long, long time. I actually, I had someone tell me right before I figured out that I was gay and came out and like everything changed. Um, they were like, it was some numerologist. I don't really, for a person that teaches energy work professionally, I don't do like a lot of spiritual reading type thingies, but I did this one and they were like, listen, like the main thing that's coming through is you have to stop and make sure that your personal life is as fulfilling as your professional life. Cause there's no question, like you're just going to be successful. And that's personally something I've always felt like I don't, I just know that I know that I'm going to do what I'm here to do and I'm going to be successful. And like, that's, that's the piece that I, I think we all have things that we came in with kind of like preset. And then we have the things that we have to work really hard to like redo the way that we feel about them. Um, and it's been so true. Like, I'm so grateful that I had this two year pause as excruciating as it was at times, because now I'm like, I can be, it, it, I, sometimes it feels vulnerable. Honest, this is what feels vulnerable to me now. Sometimes it feels vulnerable for me to share how big of an accomplishment this feels like for me, because I feel like it can sound so cliche, like, oh, you could be a human now, like, or like, oh, you're authentic. Cause authentic is such a, we just throw it around all the time. But like, as an achiever and like for people that don't know the Enneagram or like, but as an Enneagram three and a first child and someone that's always like achieved and done things like to be able to allow myself to be a human, not just online because I believe in authenticity, but like I went and had dinner with some clients uh, in December just for just as friends with Annalise. And like, I felt so comfortable the whole time and I felt so myself the whole time and so relaxed and like no part of me was like, oh, should I be holding, like this is someone I hold space for. And it was so easy to navigate that transition of like, that's my job and I'm not doing my job right now. So I just get to be me. And like, that's revolutionary. I never would have been able to do that a year and a half, two, three years ago. It was still feel very like, okay, like this is a client. I gotta be like a certain version of myself. And that feels like, such a better accomplishment than such a more fulfilling accomplishment for me. Like that's the oh, thing I didn't you. know if I would ever feel. And I know some people get it, but like when I tie it, I'm like, are people really going to get how, how like much gravitas this holds for me? And that still feels wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's so like, even when I say I go spend time on the hammock, I'm like people don't understand how and huge that is for yeah that you're like that's bigger than my six my six figure launch like it, it, it really is like people yeah. can say well how long are you gonna stay in Mexico no tengo planes yeah. I don't have plans it's yeah. the first time first time in my life like nah, I'm just here I'm just doing my thing was and that scary for amazing. you to settle into that of not having to feel comfortable not having plans like was that no, I think because it took me a whole year before I actually, it was a little bit over a year. No, it was about a year to the day of me unwinding and just like that whole, oh shit, I got to the, the top of the mountain and it doesn't feel like I thought it would or should. And mm -hmm. so it was like a whole year process of unwinding a lot of that. And then it was really interesting to freak out that happened like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go to Mexico. And then when it was actually, you're, you're going to Mexico. Oh. And then when I got here, it was literally like, I felt a sigh of, 
it That's like it it was like the, it's okay it was a full body sigh and so it's like I have no plans I'm gonna do what I need to do so I can stay here until I feel something different like I feel versus I gotta plan out my entire life and go 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 and into your point of I think now I'm at about a year and a half of that <clears throat> that space in between okay I I I'm like, I don't know who I am. I'm not motivated anymore. Mm -hmm. And I can't figure out, like, I see no purpose and vision and all of that. And like, it's been about a year and a half and now to feel it coming back, but from a totally different space, not from a space of, I have to do this to prove my worth, or I have to achieve this to, to get love or any of that. It just, it feels like I have more, and this is what I think one of the things you and I first started talking about capacity mm -hmm. and, and space for mm -hmm. all of it. It's, it just feels a lot better. <laughs> it feels so much better. I relate hundred percent. Like once it started coming back online, I was like, cool. It was all worth it. I think it still would have felt worth it just to like have reclaimed the humanity of myself that I did. But I was always wondering like, is that part of me? Cause I love that part of me. Like I like the vision and the like, I like how driven I am and like that I want to do and accomplish a lot in the world. Uh, and so to have it come back, it was this, it was kind of a wild feeling to feel that whole, mm -hmm. like, oh, this is what wholeness feels like. And then I, ha I hit like a big accomplishment. Um, I had my first six figure sales month last year and thank you. And uh, it was wild because I, it didn't make me feel better about myself. Like it was cool. It was like, ah, sweet, this is cool. But like, it didn't make me feel any more self-esteem. And I was like, it, it was, I was like, that's the accomplishment. The accomplishment is that it didn't make me feel better about myself, which is great because then it's so much easier for when I'm not hitting big achievements to not make that make me feel worse about myself I was like oh my god I have to have carved out a home within myself and to know what it feels like to feel whole and to have authenticity not feel like just a word or like well, people would talk about embodiment and I was like what the like breath work all this stuff used to be so annoying to me it's like no I'm not gonna breathe with you and be like I there's like come on let's just do stuff and it just it's like yeah, it's it's a revolution for me for sure to feel all of those things. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm walking right there with you on leading <laughs> revolution. Uh, now that I understand, now that I can embody it, right? <laughs> so annoying that it feels so cliche, but it's like it's real. Like, like oh, <laughs> this is what they meant. Oh my gosh, yes, totally. Yeah. And so I know you and I can talk forever in a day. So before I ask my last question, I would love to know how could you tell people how they can connect with you, follow you, learn from you? Yes. Um, definitely the way to get like all of the like me and my work in Ross forms would be Instagram. Um, my website as well would be a good place to like get What more. is it called? Oh, my website is amandarenee.com. My Instagram is amanda underscore underscore Renee. And Renee is spelled R-A-N-A-E, like Renee, not the regular Renee spelling. Um, those are the two best places 
for sure. Um, I love personally like stories and just like bringing people into my world and talking about insights as they come. Yeah, awesome. And then the last question is like, if you could go back in time and talk to your former entrepreneur self, what would you tell her? Mm. Just like one piece of advice, maybe. Maybe just that it was safe to relax. Mm. You know that feeling when you're first starting your business? I was talking to somebody about this where like, it feels like if you take your eyeballs off of your business for a second, it's going to disappear. Right. And yeah, I would just that it's safe to relax and not have to hold mm. such a professional posture. Mm. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you so, so much for your time and your energy and wisdom today. I love you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Love you. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, join our private community at tavanadenise.com forward slash join. This is your place to get real, get honest and share what's on your mind and heart as a woman building a business online. I can't wait to meet you on the inside.